Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Saint Happy Hour podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. (laughs) (laughs) They'd get his... (laughs) I don't even have a joke, Dave! (laughs) Dave Dave smells like nougat! Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. All right, welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They're awesome. Uh, LSU is uh, in the baseball playoffs in the NCAA. Uh, They're a national seed, so if you can't make it to the box, you can go to Pelican House. Have a beer. Have one of 136 draft beers. Watch on the 50-foot TV. Uh, They got all your stuff you need to enjoy uh, LSU getting back to Omaha. They have four other Louisiana teams in the tournament as well, so if you're a Tulane fan or another Louisiana school that made it, UL Lafayette, go there, watch them play. It'll be fantastic. Uh, the Pelican House, they have late-night eats for if you need that. Uh, they're awesome. So 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, the Pelican House, you should support them because they support us. All right, uh, before we get the show started um, last week, man, we had some bad technical issues, and we didn't even have a podcast. This week, we had technical issues, but because... I'm a crazy person. I edited it and I turned this dead podcast into Franken podcast, where it's just Andrew and Dave mostly talking and me interjecting randomly because uh, we had to choose either you heard Dave or you heard me. I won't go into the technical aspect of it, but that's what it was. So anyway, uh, enjoy uh, Andrew and Dave mostly talking with me having slight interjections. But anyway, Andrew, take it away. Well, we did a full podcast last week. That's what people don't realize. We, we it was spent an hour on the phone with each other, and then it just didn't record. We just wasted and it was our a good time. One too. And so then today, you know, we had a special guest lined up for you guys. We had Jonathan Goodwin, um, and we called, <laughs> Ralph called him about three times, and and then finally it was just like, yeah, we it's not working. We can't do this. And then Goody, I don't know if you'll listen to this, but thanks for for being cool. And he, he's going to come back, I think, next week, but. Um. Yeah, that, that was rock bottom, man. That was brutal. Brutal doesn't even begin to describe this podcast the last two weeks. Uh, I'd say it was uh, a clusterfuck, but that would be an insult to clusterfuck. So let's just try to get to some Saints stock, which is all that people care about. Uh, we're going to start, Dave, with Rob Ryan this week said, you know, the Saints defense sucking wasn't his fault. It was Sean Payton because if Sean Payton would have just let Rob Ryan run the defense that he wanted to run 
everything would have been fine and the Saints would have been in the Super Bowl. Okay, he didn't say the last part about the Super Bowl, but he did say it was all Sean Payton's fault. And, uh, you know, he wishes Sean Payton would die in a fire. Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, I have, I have to give credit to um, Mike Dettelier randomly because at the beginning of the season, uh, on opening night of NFL, well, that Thursday night, we had a dad's night out thing for my kid's school, and Mike Dettelier was a special guest. And one of the things he said back in September was, if, if Rob Ryan gets fired... Um, and it's, you know, and it's sort of a, you know, if, if there's a, 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 anyway, he basically said, if Rob Ryan gets fired, you know, keep an eye out because he's not going to go quietly. He's going to run his mouth. And, uh, and sure enough, he, he nailed it because, uh, that's exactly what happened. And, um, you know, I, I think you have to believe half of what Ryan says, you know, I think there's certainly some truth to I agree. some of the things he said. Um, which Despite is honestly your audio sucks. I agree. Um, which, which honestly should scare the hell out of Saints fans. I mean, it, 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 it what, what I'm, what I wasn't surprised to hear is that he was basically accusing Sean Payton of, of not allowing him to run the defense that he wanted to, to run. And, um, in addition to that, the comments he made about Jairus Bird um, were a little concerning to me, and I think they could potentially have some truth. I mean, he basically said they're they're not using Jairus Bird the way he's supposed to be be used. Um, so some some of those things like that, which I think are, are there, there's some truth to, um, should be concerning. And, and 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 the other question is is like if he's like that with Rob Ryan, is it going to be? I feel like he was with that with. Well, I don't know how. If he was like with, with Greg Williams, but um, and obviously he wasn't around for Spagnolo. Um, but uh, it just makes me wonder whether he would do that with with uh, um, you know new coaches going forward, Dennis Allen, or whether this was a case specific just to Rob Ryan. I mean, uh, Sean Payton had a short response to Rob Ryan, and at one point, you know, he made the comment like it absolutely was his defense and. And he kind of made a comment that was just like, listen, we were just doing what we thought was best to win games. And so what that told me was we were just so limited with our players and the quality of our depth and, you know, how much we were decimated by injuries that, I mean, they, they, they did play a lot of single high safety. And I think Jairus Bird, I mean, obviously when you've got one safety back there and he's playing 20, 30 yards, you know, behind the line of scrimmage, you're just not going to make a lot of plays. And I think he was back there as a last line of defense to really prevent against the big play. And, and, you know, they needed more guys around the line of scrimmage to prevent them from just being gashed to death on screen passes and draws. And so I, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're not utilizing bird the, the best way, but I, I mean, I agree with Peyton. It, it's, it's, it's not like they have the luxury to put him in a better position because the house is crumbling around him, you know? So I think that's the issue. But I think this is a larger issue that I want to talk about, that since 2006 now, I feel like the Saints have lacked identity on defense. We've known for a long time what Sean Payton's all about on the offensive side of the ball and what their identity is. And as names have changed, as players have changed, Breeze has been the only constant. Uh, lines have 
oscillated between really good and bad and average and the running game has gone from anemic to decent and and the playmakers have gone from world beaters to average and 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 it's they've still been a top five offense you know the the identity they're they're aggressive they throw the ball and uh, they're a high volume passing team and they've always been that way on defense with all these things that have changed coordinators schemes uh talent the constant is that it's never up to snuff and there's just this revolving Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Door that they don't have an identity. I don't think I don't think you can point the finger. I don't think you can point the finger at, at Peyton and say, I mean, I, I think you can point the finger, but I don't think you can say like it's his fault because he's micromanaging. I think he's tried everything. He's tried the hands-off approach with Greg Williams. We know, we know that he was hands-off there. And Bounty Gate blows up in his face. And so then I, I think after that experience, yes, I do think since then he is micromanaged to hell. And that includes three defenses the that top, were the top, all the top twenty worst. what? The top the top twenty worst defenses? Is that no, what you're no, saying? No, no, top top twenty defenses in, 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 in a given season. So in other words, they were twenty first to thirty second overall in all uh, the three seasons. Oh, oh, in, oh, in, oh, in, oh. in seven out of okay. ten years. Yeah. Right, right, right. Right. I'm sure compared to Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, I'm sure that number is significantly higher than any of their defense over their career. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I think it goes back again to the lack of identity. And I think, look, it, it starts at the top. And it's one thing when you don't have the talent and your players kind of suck. But if you've got identity and you've got good coaching and you've got a scheme in place and you're kind of like, this is who we are, you can mask a lot of issues. I, I can't tell you how many times I have seen defenses with average to mediocre players fit into a scheme and, and ha they have a good coach and they're not a top five defense, but they're in the top half of the league or they're, they're 18th and it's totally haphazard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you sign, you sign, you sign junior Gallette to a mat for, forget the off the field stuff for a second. You sign him to a massive extension he is not a 3-4 player. So it's at one point, the Saints made the decision, we're switching to a 3-4. You don't give Gallette that contract then. He doesn't fit that scheme. No, he's a 4-3 pass rusher. He's an end pass rusher. He's not an outside linebacker. And so in a 3-4. And so, uh, I, again, I just think 
if they were going if they were going to go that route, then they, they've got to make decisions on personnel. Like to me, you just look at all the decisions they've made, and on so many of them don't make sense. You know, Kikaha. If they again, if they were going with the three four, that's not a guy I would have drafted, and that's just poor understanding of your your scheme and then the guys that fit in it. But I, but it's such it's such a revolving door. It keeps changing, and they they don't know what they want to be, and the changes are too dramatic every year. But he, here's the point I want to make, Ralph. And going back to the comments about Rob Ryan and and Brandon Browner, in the NFL, it's all about chemistry. It's all about being together in a, as a locker room. And it, for, forget the fact that from a quality standpoint, these guys just aren't that good on the Saints, especially on the defensive side of the ball. When you add that, like you look at how it's rotting. Look at Browner. You look at Rob Ryan. You see what kind of people they are now. They're showing their true colors after they've been fired. Does it surprise you that none of these guys would want to play up for a guy like that in the fourth quarter? Does it surprise you that Brandon Browner's on the field and none of these guys really want to fight with with a guy like that that's their captain? I'm just saying, like, and and I'm not saying that necessarily that things were as bad behind the scenes. I mean, maybe they're just letting off steam after the fact, but I'm just saying that shows me a lot about who they are as people if they're making comments like that after the fact. And I just feel like, you know, I, I look back to when the Saints were 7-9 and nine in, in 2007 and 2008, and this is something I wanted to ask Jonathan Goodwin about um, because I think before, you know, that you shit through the audio. <laughs> but but one, one thing I wanted to ask Goody about was, like, you, you know, they, they were in the same situation in 07 and 08. They had two 7-9 seasons, but you weren't really getting any of that because you had guys like Will Smith – and Roman Harper and Scott Fujita, and they weren't going to stand for for people behaving that way. And, and the leadership at the top was going to be solid, even if they were a shitty team. Well, look, and and, and exactly to exactly to your point, Andrew, what did Rob Ryan say in that interview when he was talking about Jarvis Bird and, and signing Jarvis Bird? I believe in that same same answer. Uh, do you remember what he said? He said they got rid of guys like. Malcolm Jenkins and Roman yeah. Harper, who were leaders on the team. And, uh, you know, it's, it's exactly what you just said. I think um, the, that, that comes from Ryan, too. I think there is some, some truth to that. We've heard other, I've heard Zach Streif say that, um, you know, after uh, after the season, after 2014, he said, you know, we just, we don't have as much leadership in the locker room. I, I think losing guys like Jenkins, and Harper and in this in this rebuilding or whatever you want to call it that they're doing um, it's uh, it, it's hurt it's definitely hurt well here's the, here's the light at the end of the tunnel I mean I, there are some positive signs with Cam Jordan Stefan Anthony Kenny Vaccaro and my I mean they're kind of starting starting over they are they are and you know now they have Rankin so hopefully you've got a core group of young players and you improve but what I would like to see happen and look I don't know how long Dennis Allen, how it's going to work out with him and how long he stays there. But what I would really like to see is Allen develop an identity and, and with, with these players, a kind of thing where it's like, this is who we are. And regardless of whether he sticks around, maybe he has success and then he goes and becomes a head coach again, 
or maybe he fizzles out and, and he gets replaced. But either way, I, I would like for an identity to be created and the Saints to kind of stick with it for a while. You know, we're like, this is who we are and we're going to start to build on this thing. And so now you've got four young players that are really good that you're hoping will develop with it. Drew Brees always says the Saints offense, they formation you to death, they throw the ball over the place. Andrew, they have a philosophy on offense. Why can't Sean Payton have a philosophy at all on defense? I don't even care what it is, just some kind of philosophy. I don't understand why they don't formation people to death on defense. That's Sean Payton's personality. I don't understand simplify. Like, that, that's that's a thing they went to the last two years as well. They were like, we're going to simplify everything. It's a hard situation for Sean Payton. I mean, I think on, on one hand, it would be ideal for him to get someone that he trusts, that he knows they know what they're doing, to just run a defense and, and not meddle at all. Um, but that's really burned him with both Spagnola and Greg Williams. You know, they've both had full control and it's completely blown up in his face. And so I think in a lot of ways, Sean Payne's like, that's never going to happen on my watch again. So now he's meddling. And, yeah, maybe Rob Ryan was on the losing end of that a little bit. Um, but the, the basics, that, that's sort of been a focus. I mean, that's sort of been a focus with Peyton. I mean, every time he talks about defense and he talked about it when he responded to Rob Ryan's comments, I mean, you know, his, his big thing has always been um, getting plays called and timing of the whole thing mentioned that numerous times obviously it seems like that's that was the most frustrating thing, thing to him last season um was the the 10 guys on the field and getting the right guys out there and getting the calls in in time so that so that the linebacker can relay it to the rest of the uh the defense so, you know he, he's mentioned that numerous times and it seems like that was the issue i mean i i think this is why you, you say what you will about the james laurinaita signing i think that's why it's so critical to have players on the field that are an extension of the coach um, that are going to be able from an IQ standpoint to pick up on things and relay things quicker because, you know, Stefan Anthony was calling a lot of those plays last year. And I mean, he, he's, his head is swimming. He's a rookie. I mean, that's completely natural. And I think when you had guys like Jonathan Vilma and Roman Harper as complex of a scheme as Greg Williams ran and as, as much as he would mix his blitzes and, and show pressure from one area and back off of it and bring it from a completely different area, um, you, you can do that when you've got a guy calling your defense like Jonathan Vilma. And when you've got a guy like Stefan Anthony, the reality is he in a complex defense, he's just going to make mistakes. And the, the more simplistic it is, the easier it is for quarterbacks to check and, and expose you. Um, so, I just think at the end of the day, this Laurinaitis signing is going to be helpful to the Saints, even if he's not as performing on the field for all the IQ things I just mentioned. Doesn't matter. Well, it doesn't matter if his body's broken down. He's going to play. It's just a question of, you know, if his body's broken down, he's going to suck. So we're going to be stuck with a, we're going to be stuck with a shitty middle linebacker for an entire season. So, uh, Andrew, explain for the people. Uh, Brandon Brown or ran his mouth or on Instagram or whatever. Um, is he now the most loathed Saints defensive player ever? Even more so than Jason David? It's amazing. It's amazing. What did Browner say? 
Well, he was on Instagram. And so, first of all, I just want to say, it's not like he came out on some radio show and blasted the Saints. It was like in response to, and I'm sure Browner gets killed on social media daily. Um, and he, uh, he responded to one of his, fan, one of his followers on Instagram, uh, who, you know, kind of had the usual attack of him being garbage and et cetera. And, uh, let me see if I can pull it up here and I can read you the exact words. But uh, anyway, it, it was something like, um, basically that he took money from the saints and laughed all the way to the bank kind of thing, like similar to the junior Gallette, um, comments where basically he was insinuating that he didn't really care and that he just got paid and that's all that matters. And, uh, uh, Oh, he, he, he insulted the saints just that they were the weak ass saints, you know? And so basically just like deflecting blame, not accept, accepting responsibility, you know, the kind of stuff you would love to see from a captain. Um, but, um, look, I just think with Browner, um, it, it blow. You, you mentioned that stuff about Jason David, Ralph, and it blows my mind that in a couple short years with Junior Gallette and Brandon Browner, like the venom that has been directed at David for for a decade is is completely evaporated. Like no one talks <laughs> about him anymore. Like it's, it, he's like a choir boy now. It's true. It's like it's now true. he. I mean, you just said it. it's like yeah, he sucked, but I mean, at least he took it like a man. He's off the hook yeah, now. But he, like was always, it, he was it's always. It's almost like you know, like Buckner. Like years later, they finally win this, the World Series, and like Buckner's off the hook. Like I feel like that's that kind of moment for Jason David. Like finally. He, he's like, we're easing up on him in Saints lore now because Gallette and Browner have, like, taken the crown from him. Right. At, at, I mean, at, at, at one point, he was the butt of all jokes. I mean, at, at one point, he was the platonic form of shittiness for the Saints. He was the, yeah, but he my was point, the ultimate ideal. So at ideal. one point, that, it was and, like and, that, but my point is that it, right. it, it got to the point where it felt like it, it could last, like, several decades. Right, of course. Like, it felt like it wasn't going to go away. Andrew, is Brandon Browner going to be on the Seahawks when the Saints play them this year? I kind of hope he is because I want to boo him. So I don't think it's a, I don't think so it's a given badly. he gets through training camp on that 53-man roster. Mm, they'll, they'll sign him before the game. I think you guys forget how freaking bad he was last year. Yeah, but Seattle knows how to use him better. I don't, I don't know. Based on what I saw last year, I'm not sure anybody can use that well. Maybe I'm wrong. All right, Dave, the Saints uh, signed Connor Barth, but uh, that doesn't matter, or at least my way of thinking, Connor Barth and Kai Forbeth, the Saints could, in theory, end up having a good kicker, but they probably won't because they'll just pick the wrong guy like they did last year. Um, totally, uh, t- totally possible. They have, you know, maybe some of this goes back to Greg McMahon, who's been around for a long time, but... Uh, because uh, he, he, him and Vip, they're the cons- they're, they're consigliaries and they and they pay in the family. Right? Not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say you can't have this conversation without mentioning Bill Johnson too. I know. Well, that's that's we. we I mean, at least that. I mean, Bill, far, Bill Johnson's at least sent defensive ends to the Pro Bowl. What I mean, Vit has. I mean, have we sent one linebacker to the Pro Bowl besides Vilma? Uh, no. Best, best developed linebacker in the vid era, freaking Joe Lon Dunbar. <laughs> 
All right, we had to end the podcast a little bit early because we had some technical issues again. Uh, Dave sounded like a tone or I sounded like uh, a farting noise. So we had to pick either me or Dave's voice. So it was Dave's voice, so we cut it short. We'll do the, the third round again next week for the worst Sean Payton draft pick. Once we have Kevin here, that's more fair because we need all of us to vote on who is the worst draft pick, obviously. Uh, but if you know, if you don't want to do bad audio, just donate 50 cents, a dollar, $10, a pint of blood. You know, then we can get these audio issues straightened out. And it can be wonderful again. So um, go to Saints Nation and read Andrew's stuff. Go to Canal Street Chronicles and read uh, fun stuff there. Find Kevin on Twitter talking about wrestling. Uh, But uh, until next week, uh, the bar is closed.